You're listening to the Prime Podcast, the Young Adult Culture of Abundant Living Faith Center, with Cruz Ramirez and Mark McGaffin. Hey, my people, Prime people, welcome back to another edition of the Prime Culture Podcast. Mark McGaffin sitting here in the back room of my house talking to the one and only Pastor Cruz Ramirez. Pastor Cruz, tell me what's really good. Ooh, hey, we're in the studio, man. I'm feeling live. I'm feeling like it's 2012, not really the end of the world. Do you know what I'm saying? It is prime time. Let's go. Uh, I feel a little... I feel a little quarantine fever happening, man, and so this is going to be a special, special edition of the Prime Culture Podcast. No, I agree with that. There's only so many episodes of The Office you can watch in a day, and that's usually around three or four seasons, so I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that um, another show comes out or this whole thing just lifts. I just have a question for you, Pastor Cruz. What is, I don't know, something that's changed drastically about your routine? Um changed drastically about life in the Ramirez home since quarantine happened. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to channel my inner Tupac Shakur changes. Nothing will ever be the same. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, what has changed in my life, uh, is this y'all check this out. Um, I've not dressed up like a grown up in about three weeks. Um, yeah. and so I'm in, I'm in flip flops and I am in a hat and, um, I'm wearing like sweatpants Yeah. and, and I'm, I'm mad official. I'm getting work done, but I just haven't had to dress man. And so I've yesterday was Sunday. Um, and so for the first time in like 10 days, I combed my hair and I, and I put like some real clothes on cause I wanted to go to church. Oh my gosh, I wanted man. to go to church in my, uh, I wanted to go to church in like real people clothes. I actually really enjoy the new, um, uniform quarantine uniform is usually shirts and, and shorts like t-shirts and shorts. I, I am actually really, really happy about that. Listen, I was always afraid of the end of the world, but I didn't realize that the, my biggest fear was about not having a, a fade, like looking for a barber. I thought that was like, I, I never thought about that. And I just hope that yeah. when we, I hope that when we get to heaven, I'm just, I just have like a permanent fade when I get to heaven. It's too much. It's crazy. Everything's changing. And I think, I think this is what, where we want to kind of dive in here today, Pastor Cruz, is that um, everything is changing. No matter where you're at today, I'm convinced that God is good enough. God is strong enough for you to leave this season better than when you came into it. Everything's changing around us, but something has to change on the inside of us. Absolutely. Um, I, look, the, the, the one thing that you cannot avoid as a person, as a human being, is you will not ever avoid change. Change will happen around you. It will happen to you. It will happen in you. Now, the question is not whether or not you can avoid change. The question is going to be, how does that change go for you? How are you going to respond to change, right? And so to me, um, like we all face the challenges, right? Are we going to respond to change? Um, or are we going to react to change, right? Is change going to happen to us or is change going to happen through us for us? Does that make sense? You know? And so, right. um, it's all about not avoiding change, but what are we going to do when change comes? Change is, um, is who we are. It's second Corinthians five seventeen says if anyone's in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. So when you give your life to Christ, Everything is supposed to be on this road to change, right? It reminds me of my fr my first car I had um, was a 19, I think it was 84 Chevy truck, and it was a four-speed. So it was like a, a dump truck that I was driving. You know what I mean? If you had an old, like, 
I don't know, just a beat down car. Like it had a specific smell to it. Like you rub your hand across the dash, it falls apart on your fingers. It was one of those. The carpets in there had like multiple colors from multiple stains. We had to put seat covers over the old thing. We tried to cover up the old look. I even had the shifter was a little Virgin Mary was a shifter on the, <laughs> on the, on my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like this truck, I mean, it, it was cool, but like, I mean, it, it was old. But, bro, I will never forget the first time I got something new. Come on. Come on. New. Come on. Come on. Just just the new car smell alone doesn't smell like burnt oil. That new new. You know what I mean? The, the real new. And I, I, really, I really believe that that is God's desire for us as his sons and daughters, that when we come into this relationship, this life-changing relationship with him, the old us is supposed to go yeah. and a new version yeah. is supposed to come. Yeah. I wonder though, how many people spiritually just cover the old seats with just like some covers or get a steering wheel cover, just throw like one of those uh, air fresheners on the mirror and say that this is new. Like, and we, we try to convince ourselves, I'm new. At, at the end of the day, um, there's always new happening, right? There is all, like every day is new. Right. The future is always happening to us. Like it's literally second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. New is always happening, Mark. And I love that you're that, that you're looking at it through the lenses of new, not just change. Right. Because sometimes people will look at change as a bad thing. Right. And we'll get paralyzed by change or we'll treat change impulsively. Right. And so change like right, look, case in point, um, when you when we react to change impulsively, we do stuff like we're gonna go buy all the toilet paper in the city. Right. Right. That's an impulsive yeah. response to a new situation. That's an an impulsive response to trying to hold on to a sense of the old and the new. Right. And if you listen to Jesus and if you listen to Pastor Charles, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. You can't you you can't bring what was just yesterday into today. It's a new it's a new scenario. And I think that um, there's there's a perspective that we have to grab onto whenever new is is coming. Right. I can't bring my old life into my new my new life with Christ. You know, like I, 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 I just can't, let me share this story, dude. Um, I love sharing this story, um, because whether it's obvious to us or not change and new, especially in Jesus is always happening. Right. Um, so I remember, man, a few years ago, it must've been about four or five years ago. I was, I was new at the, at, in my role at abundant. And, um, it was one of the first times we did mass baptisms. It was right around, it was right around 4th of July. And so I remember we had, we probably had about three or 400 people get baptized. And in one of those, there was a guy who had come to the church for the very first time. Okay. And, um, he had a radical response to Jesus. It was, it was his first time at church, first time giving his life to Jesus. He encounters me in the lobby and he says, bro, I just gave my life to Jesus today. It was my first time at church. Um, I want to get baptized. And I said, yo, let's get baptized today. Right? So my guy jumps in the pool outside in his street clothes, wow. right? Like he jumps awesome. in, in his street clothes, has this radical response, right? Because that's what happens. The new of Jesus always creates a different response in us, right? Like you can't help, but, but respond differently when the newness of Jesus comes into our lives. Right. Um, and so he gets baptized and he walks away and he's on fire, bro. Like this guy, he, he I see him rocking at church, um, like for a couple of weeks and then, and then I lost him. 
right? Like, um, I, I, I did, I don't remember seeing him again till probably October. It was after one of our conferences and I saw him after uh, I saw him in the lobby and I was like, yo bro, like, where have you been dude? And he said, Hey pastor, listen, man, I don't know, man. I was just kind of embarrassed to come to church. I don't know if, if, um, I, I just don't know if I belong here. And I said, dude, like, I remember your, the moment you had, bro, it was so powerful. It was so strong. Like, um, what happened? He said, well, pastor, like I, w- I did good for a couple of weeks, man. Uh, but then I just, I, like, I went back, bro. I went back to, I went back to partying. I went back to, to the, to, to, to the old life. And he said this, he goes, pastor, I just, I don't think, I don't think that Jesus thing, I don't think that Jesus thing worked for me. Right. And I said, and I said, really? And I go, well, how do you know? He said, man, cause I went back, like I went back to my old ways. And I said, Hey, how do you feel about that? And he goes, I hate it, dude. Right. He goes, man, pastor, I hate that crap. Like I hate that I went back to it. And I said, okay, hold on, wait a minute. So like four or five months ago, you were living some kind of way. You were living in a way that was less than God's design for you. And you had no problem with it. Right. It, nothing bugged you. You were good with it. Like that was life for you. And he says, yeah. And, and I go, and then you have this encounter with Jesus, this moment of faith, you respond, you walk away and in walking away, uh, you, uh, you go back to an old pattern of life, but now that you're back to that old pattern of life, it's bugging you, it's bothering you and you don't like it. And he goes, yeah, man, I hate it. And I said, wait a minute. So before you said yes to Jesus and you jumped into, into the baptismal pool with like your street clothes on, it didn't bug you. But now after that one moment of faith and believing it now bugs you. Yeah. And I said, and you're telling me nothing happened. You're telling me nothing inside of you changed. You see what I'm saying? And so and it, like, to, to me, the big idea is whether we recognize it or not, whether it's like overtly obvious to us, change, especially with Jesus, change will happen, right? Like here's another, here's another example, Mark. Um, the first time we had, the first time we got the news that we were expecting a, a, a baby, there was no obvious change, Right but something on the inside was totally different, you know? And so I think, I think recognizing that change isn't always massive, right? Even just a small degree of, of, of a shift over time will lead you to a completely different destination. I wonder at times, do people even remember what it felt like when your relationship with Christ was new, new? (laughs) You know what I mean? Do you remember what it was like that moment you came up to the front and you said yes to Christ? Do you remember what it was like when you were at youth camp and, and God changed your life? Do you remember what it was like when this was new? And the reality is, is that God's desire is that our relationship with him is continually new. It's fresh. It's moving forward. And so like, if you've forgotten what that feeling was like, I think that we have to take a real close look at change. God expects us to experience new every single day. I don't think that there's just, I don't think that there's just one moment of brand new, right? Um, redemption happens in that one moment of faith. I'm redeemed immediately, right? The prayer of faith, the confession of faith, I'm born again. Redemption happens in one moment, but regeneration happens and is being perfected until I stand in heaven and I'm glorified. Right. And so there's this consistent de- progression of, of newness happening in me. Like, um, Hebrew Romans chapter six says this, that we, we likewise are, are joined with Jesus 
in his death and his resurrection through, through baptism, right? And it says, we go into the baptismal waters and we rise again into newness of life, not newness of the moment newness of life. And so there's a newness in life that we should experience every day. And so now you got me riled up because I haven't preached in a minute, right? So here we go. Watch. Um, I was reading this today. Hashtag things preachers say. I was reading Lamentations today. Don't ask me why. I was just in Lamentations chapter three. Okay. Um, and La Lamentations chapter three, verse 23, um, uh, literally he says this, I'm reminded and I dare to hope when I remember this, that the, the loving kindness of God is faithful and that his tender mercy and his love is new with every rising of the sun, right? And so there's a design. Well, I'm so excited. I just hit my microphone, right? But like there's a design in how God created us to experience him that every time the sun rises, it's brand new, you know, it's brand new. And it's not just, okay, I got love for you. Um, what, what the way Jeremiah was writing it is this, I'm giving you the best of me today. And so wherever you're at today, you're going to get a new revelation of me, a new perspective of me. Right. And here's what I love about God, that God never gets bored. Mark, he never gets bored with showing, sharing his new with us. Right. Like, think about it. And let, let me, let, let's, let me take us there real quick. Right, right. Think, think about it. This is an eternal being. He's infinite. He has seen every single sunrise and sunset that will ever be right. It's not new to him. It's not surprising to him for millions of millennia. As long as time will ever be, he's already seen it in his omniscience. Right. But he's excited to share the new moment with us because that sunrise may not be new to him, but it's new to me. Do you see what I'm saying? And he celebrates that moment of newness. It, it, it brings him joy to offer us that moment of newness, right? And so how, how, how much more could we be like our heavenly father when we appreciate newness happening in other people's lives, right? Like, yeah, maybe the yeah. truth, maybe John 3, 16 and John 10, 10 is, is familiar to you. But my God, when you yeah. share that moment of change, right? Like, like what, something that we're familiar with can become that yeah. new, that, that point of brand new, that new new i went from the 1989 nissan Sentra. that was one of my first cars Ooh. actually my first car here we go my first car was a 1987 plymouth voyager minivan it was a stick shift that back backfired <laughs> it backfired every time i would put it into like second gear i'm from la yeah. bro i sounded like i was doing a drive-by every time i was just <laughs> driving right <laughs> rolling right? in a mini bro but I'm t i'll tell you what man like the moment like like the moment I, I, I stepped into like my 1989 Nissan Sentra, it wasn't brand new because it was a used car. It wasn't brand new, but it was new to me. It wasn't new to the guy that owned it before, but it was new to me, bro. And, and like, you couldn't tell me nothing the moment I went from the Voyager, like the raggedy car to the car that I loved, man, from like the car that had no stereo that was like dirty. I could see, I could almost see through the floor right to the Sentra that was like banging. I had little, a little bazooka bass tube in the back. You know what I'm saying? Like you could not tell me nothing. Right. And I think sometimes, bro, I think sometimes we don't appreciate change enough. I, I think, I think we take it so for granted how you and I can be an agent of change for people around us. And like, what if the things that we're so familiar with, right? The grace of God, the goodness of God, the, the presence of God, right? That you, that is so normal to me and you, in one moment becomes transformative for another person, right? We cannot 
under we cannot underestimate the power of change, man. So we can have every intention of changing, but we only change when we choose to act on those intentions. One action is always more valuable than a thousand good intentions. Yeah. And so yeah. Our, our actions, how we act uh, when it comes to change is so important. And I think that when it comes down to change personally, we need to get, we need to go to our actions, our, our desires, our want tos, what's really happening in our heart. Yeah. Out of the abundance of our heart, come on, our mouth speaks. So what is happening on the inside is so important. You can't, you can't just change the outside. You got to change the inside. Come on. There's, there's not a person that doesn't do something that they don't want to do. Come on. The problem is, is that we don't set our heart to do very much. Look, listen, the truth is this, that, that there, there are a few things on the planet and in the human experience that are as uncomfortable as changes, right? Even subtle, good, even yeah. subtle changes. If change was easy for human beings, then there would be, there would be no, like, no, like high blood pressure. Well, I mean, some of the stuff is, is congenital, but there would be, there, there wouldn't be some, some of the patterns and the habits that are hurting people that are all decisions that we make. Right. Like I think about it, I think about it this way, right? Like, um, I'm, I'm surrounded by guys that I, that I really admire and respect. My brother-in-law is one of them. Pastor Jared Neiman is one of them who are so disciplined, like with their physical fitness. Right. And there isn't anything magical about it. It's just making the decision to change to change patterns, to change decisions, right? Um, like, and if change was easy, we'd all be walking around with six packs. If it was easy, if change was, e if change was easy and embracing change was easy, maybe just maybe div the divorce rate wouldn't be seven out of 10 in the United States. If changing was easy, right? But a lot of times you can trace some of those moments of of unmet expectations and unmet standards um, and moments where we relent and just abdicate our, our will to a simple, a simple moment of like, I refuse to change. And it's not that I can't, it's that I won't, you know? And sometimes, sometimes we passively aggressively, we it, passive aggressively res, uh, refuse change by resisting change. Right. You know, we tell ourselves the story of like, no, man, like, you know, the, the way I used to do it is better. Like, no, man, it's always been this way for me. And that's really just a passive aggressive way of saying, I won't do that. I, I, w I will not make the choice. And the truth is, whether you like it or not, change is going to happen to you. It's all about how you embrace it, right? Um, you know, I, I, I was just thinking about it right now while you were talking, Mark, and that there's there's some things that 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 people can do whenever change happens, right? Like you can make the decision to say like either change is going to happen to me or I'm going to embrace change and I'm going to drive change during this season of, of, in, you know, instability or insecurity, whatever you want to call it. But when change is happening, I'm, I'm going to harness it and I'm going to drive it for things to change for you on the inside. We're talking about, you know, to, in a, in a spiritual way, they have to change on the inside before you can ultimately get to where you want to uh, go. And 100%. Think, especially during, during this whole, this whole season that you're in right now of lockdown, quarantine, whatever, I would take this time to really search your own heart here and identify wrong desires in your heart. You know what I mean? Like 
I'm not. Uh, there might some of them might not even be wrong desires necessarily, but there might be things that are not in the right place in your life. You've you've given them. They should be at like level three, but you got them at a one right now. But yeah. you need to rearrange things in your heart and yeah. your life if you want to go somewhere and get some real spiritual mileage in. I think that uh, you start with that change on the inside, so you can get to those places. I think it starts with okay, what desires do I need to take a look at? What's been derailing me? What's been pushing me off course of where I want to go? Yeah, I think. I think when you look over the course of scripture, when we're just talking about spiritual change, when we're talking, well, it's all connected, right? Physical, emotional, cognitive, spiritual, it all begins with the decision of the soul, the decision of the heart, right? As a man believes what he chooses to latch onto in his heart, what a man believes in his heart, that's what he becomes, right? So the content of your heart, the content of your emotions, your rationale and your cognition and your will, your decision-making, that's going to drive the outcomes of your life, right? Um, and whenever, whenever you see any kind of change, Old Testament, New Testament, it all begins in the heart. It all begins internal, Right. And so, and so if I'm going to change any kind of personal routine, any kind of personal dis discipline, it begins in my heart. Right. If I'm, if I'm going to make a change that changes my eternity, Romans 10, 10 says with a heart man believes and with a mouth he confesses, right. He, with, with a heart, he believes to righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's Roman, that's Romans 10, 10, right? Like, and so change always begins internally. I'm reminded, bro, like maybe, maybe you grew up in this kind of a church. Uh, there was a song we used to sing back in the day, man. It was like, and it said something like Jesus on the inside, working on the outside, oh, yeah. uh, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life, you know? And I think a lot of times we make, we make the mistake of thinking, let me fix the outside and eventually it'll influence the inside. And I'm looking for change in my life when it's, when it's upside down, man, like, like who you be influences everything ar around you, who you be on the inside. I think once we, we take a deep look inward, then I think it's really important after we've done that to get a clear picture, a clear vision for where you want your life to go. Mm. You know, scripture is mm. really clear about that without, without vision, people perish or they cast off restraint it's going to be hard for you to go to where God has has for you in your life and go to that next place to really get somewhere spiritually or in your life without saying, okay, where am I trying to go? And yeah. I think once you kind of get that, that picture, um, you know, if you want, if you're building your house, you know, we, Matthew seven, right? We're, we've been talking about this a lot. We're, we're all building something. If you want to build a house um, and, and you don't know what you want it to look like, you're screwed. <laughs> like, like, like I, I'm building wow. something, but I don't know. I don't know what it's going to end up looking like. Wow. And I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start putting stuff here and putting stuff there. And you don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what, you know, how many rooms it's going to have. If it's going to have a basement or a second, I don't know. It might have a kitchen. I'm considering, I think there will be a bathroom or two. I, I, I can't really say one way or the other. You have to know where you're going in your life so that you can begin to build in the right direction. That's so I think so you have good. to obtain a clear picture. Not like, it doesn't have to be, I know every next step I'm going to take, but where do you want to go? That's so good. That is so good. But that's the, that's the big question, right? The big question is like, what do you want? You know what? I mean, cause even, even in times of upheaval and even in times where life is shaky, people who have vision and people who have a clear understanding, um, 
let me say it this way for those of you who are who are listening right now and you're able to take notes. Um, I'd love for you to write this down. This has blessed me and it's just stuck in my head. Uh, vision is not this deep thing. It's really just having, in my definition, it's, it's having a clear mental image of the future that I prefer, right? I'd, pre- I'd prefer for this to happen in the next three months. I'd prefer like with, with right now we're, we're on day eight of the prime 30, which is a challenge we're doing with our young adults, um, here at abundant living in El Paso, Texas, um, where we're focusing on physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness, health, growth, development, um, over the span of 30 days. Right. And so over the next 30 days, what do I prefer? Right. Because at the end of the day, the truth is 30 days is going to happen, whether I like it or not, like 30 days are going to go by whether I like it or not. I have no control over the fact that 30 days are going to happen. What I do have some influence over is what do I prefer to see happen in the next 30 days? What do I prefer to ha- to be able to look back and say, man, I set my mind to do this and I accomplished this over the 30 days. See, that's vision. Vision is having a clear mental image of the future that I prefer. And even in times where um, the situation or the, the circumstances around me are not optimal, well, then even when the circumstances are not optimal, I can still adjust and say, well, even given the, the current situation, I still prefer for X, Y, and Z to happen, you know? Um, and so I think that really determining what you want, man, I w- I'm, I'm, reading my, I'm reading a book right now called uh, Circle Maker, and it's about just praying bold prayers, right? And I'm so challenged even in my prayer life right now um, on God saying, what do you want, right? Like um, there's, there's a story, I think it's in the book of Mark where um, Jesus is walking towards the city of Jericho and he comes across a blind man, right? And he says, he asks the blind man, what do you want? It, it's obvious, right? What the blind man needs. But the question becomes, do you know enough about what you prefer your future to look like? to be able to ask Jesus with the nuanced details. Jesus, I want my vision back. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, and so I'm, I'm so challenged, man. I'm so challenged because change affects people. The, the, the people that change affects the most is people that have no trajectory, that have no direction, that have no anchor, no rudder on their ship right? And they're tossed around by these waves of, of, of just chance and cir- circumstance and, and life. You're just tossed around, right? One of my mentors, I, I was talking with him a couple, a couple of days ago. And, um, I said, yo man, so like, what are you doing right now, bro? Like what, what's happening in your, uh, in your life and your world with everything that's going on? And he goes, hey, Cruz, listen, like everyone wants to respond to change with change. Everyone is just bugging out. He goes, bro, I'm just living my life the way I've been living. I've always lived my life. <laughs> right. He goes, he goes, I didn't need a, he said, I didn't need a virus to start fasting and praying. I just do that every day. <laughs> I've he been goes, praying. I didn't, <laughs> he goes, I didn't need a virus to get my money right. I've been doing that for 20 years. I'm not nervous. We're going to be okay. Come he on. goes, what I'm doing, what I'm, what am I doing right now? He goes, what I do every day. Right. And so I think what happens is this and but but this is this is where the word comes into play. Right. Like that, 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 that a a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you can, if we cannot decide and let our yes be yes and our no be no, let our commitment be our commitment and we stay the course, we're going to be unstable. We're we're, we're just not going to we're going to fall. Do you see what I'm saying? To me, the thing that is 
that, that just kind of hurts my heart a little bit is, is this truth that the 12 that Jesus called to follow him weren't the only ones he called. There were some that he called and he said, Hey, follow me. The ones that we know about are the ones that said, yes, let's go. Right. Those are the ones that we know their names, but there are some that, that he called that said, Hey man, let me go bury, let me go bury this dead person. And he's like, yo, let the dead bury the dead. Well, let me go see about my mother and my father. He says, who is your mother? Do you see what I'm saying? Um, and so like to, to me, it's like, look, sometimes there really is a very binary response. And what's this going to be is, is our yes, yes, our no, no, um, Man, I mean, that's, I think that to me, that is one of the principal core questions to, to, to this life, man. When you say yes to Christ, that does not mean that you said yes to perfection and yes to getting it all right. And yes, to never making a mistake and yes, to never having a wrong motive. That's you said yes to following Jesus. I'm still convinced at 35 years old that Jesus is more concerned about the direction of your life than the perfection in your life. He's worried about where you're going, where you're building. I heard pastor Jude Fuquay. For those of you who are, are uh, youth, youth, youth ministry OGs, right? Uh, pastor Jude is one of the OGs, one of the greats, man. Uh, and he said this, he said, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. You know, when, when we said yes to Jesus, Mark, when we said yes to him, what changed in our hearts was not the fact that we now have a consultant. When we said yes to Jesus is what changed is I took the crown off my head. I laid it at the feet of the King of Kings. I stood up off of the throne of my life and I let him sit in on the throne of my life. And I bowed down at us at his feet. And I didn't say, you know what, Jesus, that's a good idea. Let me see about that. Right. What I said is, Lord, I will obey your call on my life. Bottom line. You know, now I'm now I'm going to I'm going to quote I'm going to quote Paul in Philippians three and say, now I haven't perfected that in my own life. I have not, right? I have not achieved that. I'm, I'm trying to work it out. There are places both overtly and covertly in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit that I'm trying and, and I'm working, right? I'm aware of them. The Lord is convicting me on them. His word is is refining me on it. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm trying as best as I can to make him the Lord of my life, not just a spiritual advisor. You know? Jesus is, is, a, is a pretty good life coach, but he's a much better king. He's a much better Lord. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I think, I think again, it's not about, it's not about perfection and uh, you're not hearing that today, but I think it's a sincere decision of the heart is I am following Jesus. I've made my decision. I've counted the cost of that decision personally, what it's going to, what it's the challenges that are going to come with that decision. And I, and I'm not committing to a life of perfection, but I am committed uh, to a life of passionate pursuit in the direction of Jesus. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm done with the games. I'm done with, with, with playing around, but Jesus, you are the prize that I'm looking for. I have found that pearl of great. I've found it and it's you. And I'm going after you with everything I have. No more excuses, no more games, no more, no more wishing about change. 
I, I know where to get change. I know where to find it. And it's not, and it's not in some mystical far out place. It's right in front of me. His presence is here and he is ready to meet you right where you're at. He's not going to meet you where Cruz is at. He's not going to meet you where Mark's at. He's going to meet you friend right where you're at. So what is the Amen. next step that you can take? Not that I can take, not that, not that Pastor Charles can take, not that, not that Joyce Meyer can take. What's the next step that Jesus has for you to take on that continual path to the new, new? What is it? What's the one the new, thing? New. What's the one thing? The new, new. What's the one thing you say, you know, I'm surrendering this and I'm, 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 I'm taking a step closer today. What's the one thing? What is one thing? For you listening, whether you are here live with us on Instagram or you're listening, well, probably at your house. If you're not at your house, go home. Uh, you're, supposed to, <laughs> you're supposed to be home right now. Like, what's the one thing? And I, I'm convinced, Pastor Cruz, I'm convinced that if there's one thing, you you may have walked into this season of of this whole crazy thing, that this, all this chaos happening in our world. You may have walked in with, with this one thing, but I'm convinced that God is great enough to where you can walk out radically changed in that area. Looking back saying, God did it in me. It's done. Absolutely. It's finished. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like if I can just answer the question for me now, I'm not going to answer the question for, for the listeners, right? Like, um, I think, I think what we call this moment right now is a moment of conviction. It's a moment of reflection. Um, and ultimately it becomes a moment of repentance. Repentance is not feeling guilty, feeling bad, feeling, um, condemned. Repentance is simply saying, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm, 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 I'm choosing to change today. Um, and for me, the big, the big thing that jumps out to me and that is just like, here, here's a, here's a good, um, old school church statement, right? What's quickening in my spirit, right? That, that inner, that inner witness, that, 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 that check in my spirit right now, um, is coming back to a real commitment to obedience, right? I mean, that's the bottom, that's the bottom line to me. Um, a king doesn't make suggestions, he makes proclamations and he, and he gives orders. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. And so I'm either under the influence of the king or I'm not. And either I'm submitted and I'm surrendered to the supremacy of this king and to the lordship of this king or I'm not. You know, I think, I think what happens in this, in this day and age is that we love having a say. And I love, I love having options and, and I love the a la carte perspective because I can a la carte, I can a la carte everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. We live, we live in a, in a culture of customization. Everything is tailored, dude. I remember, I remember being a kid like, so this might be an old man rant, right? But I remember being a kid. And when I, when, when I wanted to watch a certain show, a certain cartoon, I had to submit to the programmer's, uh, production schedule. Right. The, the way the producer said it was going to go, I had to submit to it. Now I can watch it whenever I want. I feel like this, this whole thought of customization and tailoring has really crept into our relationship with Jesus. And, G, and Jesus isn't necessarily someone who bends to my whim and my will. You know, Jesus, Jesus is someone who I conform to him. One thing I'm getting about this, um, this, this whole season for me is a little bit of a, it's a reset option, which we don't, we don't ever get. 
because it's like wow. it's like you're you're you are creating your own routines right now. The majority of you listening, you you are you know you're doing your your classes in your pajamas. You're kind of moving at your pace, and I think that um, I think that's a really powerful thing for us when it comes to change and wanting to grow spiritually, physically, relationally. But I, I think that the encouragement that I'm getting right now is that there's nothing basic about the basics. Um, th- there's being good at the fundamentals. One of my favorite basketball players is Tim Duncan. They called him Big Fundamental. And I loved him because he did all the small things that everyone else overlooks. He's probably considered the greatest power forward, in my opinion. Most people would agree that uh, have the right opinion. Um, that he's probably the greatest <laughs> power forward. Uh, but he was so good at the basics, but there was nothing basic about the way that he did the basics. Jeez. He took the basics so, so serious. And we get, we, I think we get so caught up in wanting to um, get outside of that for the highlight reel stuff. You know what I mean? That we forget about the basics, but there's so much fruit in the basics, you know, the, the basics are really taking that time. What does that look like? It, it looks like the reading plan. Um, it, it looks like your personal prayer time. It looks like your personal worship time, like doing the basics. I think you should listen to all the, the YouTube and podcasts. I think you should jump on all these lives. Like everyone's on live every night right now. Go do all of that. But they are not a substitute for the basic foundational things Come for on. you as a follower of Christ. You know, they might have a great word, but their word is not a substitute for the foundational truths of scripture that God speaks to us through his word. We cannot we cannot take one and leave the other. Otherwise, we lose the power of the gospel in our own lives, the relationship that we could That's we good. could be experiencing with 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 our heavenly Father. Like God wants to show you things. It's great to learn them from great teachers and by no means am I saying don't jump on the app and listen to everything. By no means am I saying that, but I think that we cannot use that as a substitute for our own um, hunger for the basics, the fundamentals. I want I want to get down to the basic truths, the, the the foundational things, the pillars, the mortar. I want to get down to the concrete things, and I want to make them so in my life. And there's nothing glamorous about the basics either, right? Um, I heard I heard someone say this recently. Um, it might have been it might have been my guy PK man Perry Kearney. He said, "You know, man, there's a whole lot of sizzle right now. Every everyone everyone's trying to sizzle right now. Yeah, it was PK. It sounds just like him. He goes, man. Every everybody trying to sizzle right now. He goes, but Cruz, don't get caught up in the sizzle, man. You got to get the steak. The last, you know, sizzle don't take the hunger away, right? Hey, choose the su- get find the substance. Don't don't just don't get caught up in the sizzle, you know. And and the truth is." The substance is in the basics, in in everyday commitment, in everyday discipleship. You know, Jesus didn't Jesus didn't tell the disciples, "Hey, follow me," or he didn't say, "Hey, come change the world." He said, "Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you the fundamentals. I'm gonna give you the basics. That's beautiful, man. You know, Jeannie Mayo always said that that you get you'll get the most spiritual mileage when you feel it the least. And so sometimes we're like, you know, I w- I've been praying, ah. but I stopped feeling stuff. Like, I'm not getting any more goosebumps. Like, I'm not getting Man, any more. Stop feeling. Like, I'm not getting any of this. And, I, and I, so I must not feel it. Maybe that means it's not working for me. But I, I really agree with sometimes when you just make the decision, like Pastor Charles say, to put your head down and grind it out. I'm going to keep pushing and plowing forward. 
for myself, my family, spiritually, that's when you get so much spiritual mileage. I think I believe God does something really cool in those uh, seasons in our life when we make the choice that, you know what, I'm going to push through this. I don't even feel it. I don't, I don't have a worship team anymore in the building. I'm watching through a screen, but I'm pushing through this. I'm going to worship like there's 10,000 people in my house. I, I, don't, I don't feel Come it, on. but I'm going to open up my Bible and read those seven chapters that I'm behind on today. Ooh. Like, like I don't feel it, but, I'm <laughs> but I am going to do it. And so if you want to change, change is right in front of you. So, hey, Pastor Cruz, let's kind of wind this thing down. Why don't you give us 60 seconds, our takeaway for the day? Here we go. 60 second takeaway um, is this. Change is inevitable. Change is going to happen. Change is built into the framework and the structure of creation itself. Jesus said this, as long as the earth remains, there will be hot and cold day and night, sea time and harvest. And so change is just built into for everything. There is a season right? Um, and so it's not about resisting change, but embracing change and really allowing it to push you forward. And so the question now becomes, how are you going to embrace change? If our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself had to walk through change, Luke 2.52 says, and the boy grew in favor and in stature, right? And so there's something in us. There's a physical development, an emotional cognitive development, and a spiritual development that needs to happen. And so if Jesus himself had phases of development, how much more do we have places to grow? Now, the good news is that when it, when, when God is in, in the mix, it always grows towards harvest. It grows towards life. It grows to favor. It grows into a higher stature, a higher level. And so uh, don't resist change, embrace it and say, God, what can I change today? Wow. That's my, that's my takeaway. Wow, Mark. man, that's so good. Hey, once again, we want to thank all of you for listening today. Uh, the Prime Culture Podcast. We have a lot of great things coming up. Hopefully you've jumped in already on the Prime 30, which we're challenging our culture, our people. Hey, let's go after it physically, spiritually, and be intentional about relationship. And if you're not following us on Instagram at this Prime Culture, again, what is wrong with you? Like, come on, come on. Like, get with, get with the program. We're supposed to be better friends than that. Uh, come find us. And uh, we got a lot of great things happening, but we're so thankful that you are part of our family, part of our culture. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of this podcast. Until then. The Prime, the Prime Culture Podcast. The Prime Culture Podcast. We're coming back one of these days. Whenever, whenever the coronavirus lets us release it, we'll be back.